Welcome to K-Drama School. I'm your host, Grace Jung, and class is now in session. baby and it was available on tvn during the height of the pandemic actually it was airing in the spring of the year 2020 and it is currently available on netflix in u.s territories it stars changnara and changnara is a staple of millennial k-drama history and she is a phenomenal actress and Changnara is playing a very interesting role here. So she plays this character named Chang Hari, who is a 39-year-old woman. She is a career woman. She is a she's an assistant editor at a well-respected magazine called uh, The Baby. And she is, you know, pretty successful at her job, but she does not have a partner. And she also is uh, really desperately wanting a child, but there is a, uh, a there's a, a health threat. So she has problems with their ovaries and she needs to go through surgery. But if she goes through that surgery, the chances of her being able to conceive is going to dra- uh, drop drastically. So she is feeling very like, uh, how do you say, just really pressured to have a baby like ASAP kind of goes through this like 39 year old woman's woes as a single woman goes through her uh, woes as uh, somebody who wants to be a mother but cannot and Changhari just decides that she will pursue single motherhood and that is a radical choice in South Korean society which is highly conformist highly heteronormative and I was just like really fascinated by the things that I learned about South Korea's laws around IVF. Um, and this this show comes uh, to my attention at a very interesting time. Two of my friends who are both in their mid to late 40s recently gave birth to infant daughters. And their journey was very long, very taxing. Uh, very painful at times, but both of them froze their eggs in their 30s, and then they um, eventually found partners that they wanted to settle down with, and then they did in vitro. One of them tried it six times. Um, So five of them failed, and then the sixth one worked, and then the other one, she, she just got lucky with the first try. But, you know, giving birth in their 40s was also, um, Uh, very difficult for them. They went through a lot of complications and their lives were at threat at times, but they're both now very healthy and doing well. So um, this pursuit, this decision to become a mother later in her life is a very, very serious uh, decision. And I thought it was really interesting that South Korea makes it practically illegal for a single woman to go and Uh, conceive on her own like there are all these rules around getting the father's consent like you know sperm donations are also very very limited um it's mostly reserved for couples who are having trouble conceiving and it needs to be if like the man has 
you know, sperm problems and they need to be married. And there are all these rules and restrictions around it, um, which is why at one point Changhari pursues the potential of like sitting down with a candidate who is willing to donate his sperm. Right. Um, and he, he's going to do it by, I mean, it was like a very sleazy transaction that he was offering. Um, but in any case, I just thought it was like, like, I just, I was not aware of these kinds of laws and what this uh, show is representing presenting in some ways is also the struggles that uh, gay couples might have, right, in South Korea. Whereas um, LGBTQIA marriages are not illegal in South Korea. I mean, I don't think they're legal either. They're not recognized by law, but they're not completely outlawed. There are some uh, married gay couples in South Korea, but I mean, for them to go and get a child would be like just completely um, outlawed. And I feel like perhaps these laws are in place to discriminate against uh, same-sex marriages, which is a shame. It's a true shame. So I just thought this was a really interesting exploration of what it's like to be a woman in her 30s and be single and to, you know, have this desperate desire to want to be a mother and face those challenges. And I thought it was also in really a really interesting way of revealing like more of the struggles that the queer community uh, would go through in South Korea. Today's guest is Juzo Yoshida. He is a Japanese American actor, comedian, and clown based in Los Angeles. He and I worked together on a TV series uh, back in May, and we just had a really fun time talking. Um, he's such a delightful person and he's got such incredible insights about clowning, about Los Angeles, about being an artist here, being an actor. And I really, really enjoyed our discussion. So let's talk to Juzo Yoshida. (laughs) And that's my cat. Nice. Bigger than me. I love it. What's the cat's name? Bobo. Oh, how long have you had Bobo? Um, he's, um, eight years old. So, um should be like a seven and a half or yeah wow. close to eight, eight years long time yeah long time you and bobo together he's, he's, a, he's a brat he's a brat <laughs> yeah you know i love how um i love how you dress always like i think you have oh, you do? yeah i think you have excellent style like uh-huh. I, lo- I i love what you're wearing right now really that, that robe yeah yeah um, I, I usually don't think too much just um a little bit color coordinated here and there but uh, other than that i don't think too much exactly you're not supposed to think too much you just wear what you have in front of you that just means you have you have good selective taste when you buy stuff see it's like it's like in you yeah, yeah because I, when i buy things i i have to buy something that i could wear uh-huh i don't want that to um sleep in a closet you know exactly exactly so you get things that will make you feel good that you'll look good in i also like all the boots you wear you have like really good taste in boots uh, yeah i love boots i love boots and leather jackets uh, i didn't wear leather jackets too much at all at that um shoot huh. with you mm-hmm. because I, I i think it was pretty warm it was hot yeah, yeah. that was a fun shoot oh, it was fun yeah yeah and you were you you look so cute wearing those like round eyeglasses and you were wearing like a monk's robe you know well, i know right I, I know right i i they gave it to me 
Yeah, you looked so cute. I was like, oh my god, he looks like an owl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did. It did, huh? I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved. I have to think of some kind of bit from by wearing that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, and they they let you keep the robe, right? Right, right. Yeah, that's we, great. I I asked, and they because they all already altered, um, did our alteration for for us. So oh, okay. I'm pretty yes. sure. I'm pretty sure. So they can now fix that to long to be longer. So uh -huh. I guess pretty useless. Yeah. To keep that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, where does all that stuff go? It just goes in the garbage later. You know, like. Oh, probably goodwill. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, most um, of them. No, like when we were when we were sitting together in that tent, like you know the dwell time in between takes, like mm -hmm. it was so it was so fun talking to you, and I was like, I want to talk to him some more, you know. Yeah, yeah, we, we had a fun time together. That was fun. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I uh, I actually since that shoot mm -hmm. because there were so many clowns on that shoot. Right. Uh, I was just like, this is a sign that I just need to take a clown class. So I took one clown workshop at LA Clown School with David Bridal. Oh, okay. I know him. Yeah. And uh, it was for the tragic clown. That was the workshop. Interesting. And, yeah. And I needed to take that class for two reasons. Number one, um, I have such a hard time being embarrassed, you know, like, right. I'm a stand-up comedian and stand-up comedians, we always like seem confident and arrogant on stage and we have control of the room. But I, I hate the feeling of humiliation, like acting or pretending or, you know, like that kind of stuff. It, it makes me so embarrassed. So I was like, I want to get over that fear of embarrassment. And the other thing was I've been trying to publish a book about K-dramas for like a year now, and it just hasn't been going well recently in the last month it got better like i'm talking mm -hmm. to an agent now and things are getting better but up until may when we were on that shoot i was struggling so much and i was like i need to rewrite this book but i don't mm -hmm. know what voice i need to have and, right. and and then the la clown school workshop like tragic clown was right there i was like okay well i am facing a tragedy you know i am a clown in the sense that i want to be a writer but this book won't get published, you know, that's a tragedy in a way. So I was like, let me workshop, you know, this and take my first clown class with David Bridal. And it was a lot of fun. Mm. <laughs> I learned so much, yeah. you know? You know, tragedy is a perfect situation for clowns because clowns always um, is a lower status than no. audience. Right. And um, acted as they're the worst in the world. But being that is more powerful than being confident because oh, you are in a way controlling the room with your sadness yeah so that's clown works because clowns always be want to be loved oh yeah no matter what you want to be loved so usually um classic clowns they don't do um strong um characters um they do control the room in different route. Mm. Mm. So, so, so sad clowns. Those are the a, a strong one that um, you get sympathy out of them. So yes. you are in a way controlling the room by being sad through vulnerability. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's a two clowns. That's the strongest um, approach to mm. the um, to stand in front of um, strangers. 
Mm-hmm. And then you are um, almost like um, naked, not not physically, but mentally uh-huh. naked, naked in yes. front of the audience. So so that um, you know you get the sympathy sympathy out of them, and then you're controlling mm-hmm. the room. So it's a different way of controlling from from stand up comedians. Mm-hmm. Comedians do control by you know. Um, strong approach um telling yes. them what to what to do what to think yeah more aggressive but, right aggressive way but the re- result is a similar mm-hmm. but just that we go different route yeah yeah, yeah. it's but, uh, it's kind of like a you know like you have a cat mm-hmm. and i heard that cats used to never make a sound but they started to make a sound that sounded like a baby crying to mm. get sympathy from human beings. Mm. So it's like a manipulative kind of thing that they you know, evolved into. You went into the really right place just now that te- animals are teachers of clowns. Oh. We do train ourselves um, being some animals. Mm-hmm. I study a clown technique called Lakak technique. Mm. And in that training, we all went to LA Zoo oh. to find what you want to be. And then we became that animal uh, on stage. Yeah. That, that was one of, the, one of our trainings. So, mm. you know, animals is a perfect example that uh, they are, especially pets, they are mm-hmm. lower status than you because you feed them and, but, in a way, they they are controlling you. Mm-hmm. The obvious obvious ones are dogs. Yeah, yeah. Like but cats too, though. Yeah. But my my cat Bobo, he he controls me yeah. with a with a sad cry if I don't feed him on time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But after as soon as I I, I feed him, I fed him. Uh, he's going somewhere and um, mm-hmm. and doesn't care about me anymore. Mm-mm. No, no, no. When you went to the LA Zoo to do that workshop, what animal did you gravitate towards? I did. Um, I think it's a mir- mir- uh, meerkat. Me- meerkat. meerkat. Uh huh. Yeah. I think that's what that like like this one. Yeah, it's like yeah, a, yeah. it's like a very agile rodent. Right. Right. What like What a... was it about it that resonated with you? I thought. Um, th- I thought they were controlling uh, us, watching them. Oh. I thought there was um, they were kind of strong animals. Yeah, might be interesting to hear strong out of meerkats in, instead of hearing from lions or tigers or bears. But to me, meerkat is a really kind of low status in the animal kingdom. Uh huh. But in a way, controlling ask how to watch them how to see them so um very i thought i saw clowns in them when they were like doing this this they're performative yeah 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 so that's why i picked that one might be a little bit easier choice but um at that point um just uh, i i they caught my attention and then uh, uh, first instincts usually I go with. So that was my first instinct. So I just went, there, went went with it and nobody was doing it. So 
That's so interesting. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. I never I never would have thought like I don't even think meerkat when I think of the zoo you know people think the obvious like tigers bears lions whatever exactly it's so fascinating yeah and and, um, and and meerkat was a big character in Lion King that's Timon uh, I've never seen Lion King <laughs> oh my are you serious I'm serious. I know. I know. T- Timon is like he's almost a, he's a huge character. I know. In, I'm so I'm so embarrassed. I'm I'm almost like an illegal immigrant. No, no, no. Don't <laughs> don't be embarrassed at all. It's actually maybe it's better that you never saw this movie and you still gravitated towards the meerkat. It was like this primal instinct because maybe, the, yeah. maybe Disney creators have the same intention. That's the thing. Somebody at Disney recognized the meerkat as a clown and decided to make him a huge character. Okay. And and you just naturally felt like, oh, this is similar to how you go shopping. You naturally feel like this is the right thing. Yeah, I just don't like to be stay in the same spot too long. I don't want to. That's the same thing with the shopping. I I, I prefer not to go to go to the mall. I usually. Yeah shop online or go to uh, goodwill or something yeah yeah and then especially even the zoo i didn't want to stay all day yeah mm-hmm. i just thought if i found my my love for something which was a meerkat i just wanted to study him or her for a while and that's it that's yeah. all i needed gotta go I, yeah I, yeah i didn't have to think of any other um stories behind it you know and that's similar to how a meerkat actually behaves. It's like when they're focused, they're focused, but their attention is short and they move on very quickly to the next thing and they'll focus and then they'll right. move on to the next thing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's you how, and- the, I think that's how they survive. Yes. Because you, if you stick with a new, one attention, the, pre, um, the prey would be, might, might be behind you. Mm. So they have to be, what do you call the agile? Yeah, agile. Agile uh, a little bit so that um, um, the attention short span would work for them to survive in a while. When when did you start uh, clown training and what initiated you into starting the clown training? You know, I st- I was studying um, improv comedy yeah. at the iOS and the Second City mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. That's like uh, almost 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I struggled. Mm. Um, um, especially um, on the second level, because of my English is second language and a um, lot of um, people kind of overstep on me and or they didn't really care. They um, pretend that I'm a, I'm a dumbass because <laughs> I couldn't understand. And then they use a lot of pop culture references, uh, which I don't get it. Yeah. It's because I didn't grow up in America. Yeah. So I was struggling and then this teacher uh, of the iOS um, recommending me to go to um, Second City for dropping classes every day, hmm. every every once a week, Mm-mm-mm. and I start doing that. After that, I met this um, improv teacher, mm. and um, she wasn't teaching anywhere anywhere else, but she was um, Chicago um, uh, improv person uh, performing Second City Chicago and uh, Iowa Chicago, and. Um, she recommended me to take um, this clown slash improv class. 
with um, uh, Miss Paola Coletto. Uh-huh. She kind of changed my life completely. Mm. And um, in that class, I was taught that uh, you don't have to speak, but uh, be truthful to yourself and be vulnerable in front of audience and just connect with everybody with eyes. Mm. Your eyes and this face with this mask will tell you the story, tell them the story, tell mm. them your story. So, mm. so I start training with her. Every time she comes into LA, I train with her. Right. So she's a um, um, Lecoq technique master. Mm. She was a student of a Jack Lecoq who invented this technique of mm. clown. And so current um, um, clown teachers in the world, they, a lot of them study with uh, Jack Lecoq. Mm. And um, Paola um, came to LA for one year. Mm. She, she moved out here from Chicago, mm-hmm. but she's originally from Italy. And she stayed in LA for one year and I took the one year course, mm. but she didn't like LA climate um, in terms of a uh, actor's climate, not the uh, weather. Um, so she moved back to um, Italy. Also her, her parents were aging. So she had to take, she wanted to take care of them. I see. So I was really, really lucky, fortunate to um, catch that moment that she, when she was here. Yeah. So I studied uh, with her for one year, and um, that was the Lecoq technique. We did um, a lot of things, including acrobatic. We did uh, we studied mime, and of course um, Lecoq, um, twenty movements, and um, it was a lot of uh, not talking, not non-speaking trainings. Yes, and um, that would work for me because um, sometimes I don't articulate yeah. things. When I yeah. when I say something or I say something in, inappropriate, <laughs> which is funny, but um, I I I usually don't mean to be funny. Yeah. Yeah, but in the improv it works. Yeah. But but I I wanted to go beyond that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just don't want to be like a foreigner. Yeah. Funny foreigner yeah. funny. Yeah. You don't you don't want to be laughed at all the time. Right. Right. You want to have some agency in how you execute your comedy. Yeah, but interesting because I, I back then I thought I want to control because right now I'm I'm out of control because oh. whenever I say something funny, yeah, they laugh, but I don't know what they, what they were laughing at. Yes, what and laughing of. So right. that was the I was feeling that uh, I'm not in control. Oh. But you know, as a clown, we we are not in control. We control from the lower status mm. being the weak being a dumbass mm-hmm. being a, um not together n- not be able to speak english as as well so i guess i was in the right place when i start training for clown clowning. how do you how do you how do you let go of that desire to control then like how do you let go and make peace with it um because um I guess I gave up on trying to be the controller. I see. While I start training clowning. So it was the right moment because um, then I was getting onto, um, you know, Herald team at uh-huh. iOS. They have Herald, um, uh-huh. the improv format yes. that uh, they were adapting into. So I was in, getting into that and I was in a, uh, one group um, in the main stage. 
And um, still, I was not in control, but uh, I get laughed at for wh whatever the reason. Mm -hmm. And um, I wanted to be able to understand why people are laughing at me. Yeah. But, you know, why do I have to do that if I get somewhat success being laughed at? Right. Why do I have to change it if it works? Mm -hmm. And also, that's like I'm coming from the um, the right or left brain. I forgot, but um, mm -hmm. logical sense. And then I'm not um, that logical performer or uh, uh, an artist. I am more instinctive mm -hmm. person from the beginning with. Mm -hmm. Why do I want to kill that natural thing in order to convert into um, current climate of comedians that's so interesting did you uh when you were in japan did you do anything like creative um i was in school plays and stuff okay but i think my mother told me that those are hobbies right and um oh. i said i love tv i want to be on tv and then she said um that's that's not um stable enough that's not good okay um yeah you got to go into business you, you are you are born into a business uh, world. Oh. Um, so you have to assume your business role oh. in, in the family. Oh. So um, I killed that um, after junior high school. I killed that desire. I killed, it's true because in Japan, you have to be in good, good looking to be successful when you are younger mm. as at, at the entertainment world. Mm. And I'm short, chubby, um, funny looking in a mm. way. Mm. Um, right now, those are those works for me, mm -hmm. like a booking stuff in America. But in Japan, it didn't. And and I and the people might say, why don't why didn't I go to the character type of actor? But um, a lot of character actors are coming in after beautiful age disappeared and then they become one so when a lot of youngsters wouldn't come into entertainment world as um character actors mm. usually older folks assume the role when they, their beauty went away yeah yeah so yeah. so yeah so that's why i went into business and then i came to america as a business person and then i was doing business for a long long time yeah. And um, until my mom passed away, right before she oh. passed away, she asked me to not to regret my life. When oh. I look back my life right. at the end of the road, uh -huh. uh, you are exactly. She said you are in a half halfway into a casket yeah. and look back your life. Please don't regret it. Oh, that kind of released me from whatever I had. And then. All of a sudden, um, okay, I'm going to become an actor. And um, we never had a discussion about that. And I never even discussion about that within myself. Yeah. It just came up saying yeah. that, my, my mother, I'm going to be an actor. Yeah. And she, she just nodded. She just nodded. And, and uh, yeah, and then soon after, um, she passed away. And yeah. um, so I couldn't get into acting right away, but um, I was working on it. And then... Probably approximately just um, 10, 11 years ago, I start uh, 
getting into acting, um, going to acting school and getting an agent and um, and then improv classes and um, and uh, clown classes and um, yeah. Um, so, but um, more than half the time I, I'm just taking classes instead of working. That makes you a real actor though. All the actors I know are always taking class- classes all the time. It's and- like a, in, in this, in this uh, cycle, you, you don't, you don't want to be not training. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, to me, it's too much at stakes. And also, uh, it's, there's joy in being a class or being a student. Yeah. Yeah. There is. And I don't want to, um, forget the, um, beginner's spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, we Asians always talk about that. Uh, we have to keep the, be humble about the about things and um don't forget your beginner's spirit yeah 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 so that that humility is definitely part of an actor's sort of mo like they're always taking classes they're always like i need to learn i'm always ready to learn something new right i'm ready to prepare for my next role whatever it is but they're always down to learn learn and and also review reviewing what you've learned again learn again so you have a um, different perspective, a different um, discovery. Yeah. In the thing that you've already you have already done before. Yeah. But still, if you go around the world, um, not world, but uh, you know, different roles and different um, comedy and different improv, different uh, clowning, and then come back and learning the same thing again, it's the same thing, but it's different because I I've changed. Yes. I've yes. went through stuff in in between, so. Yeah. I see different things. I see different perspectives. I see different ideas. It's, so it's similar to the conversation that you had with your mother, who, when you were still a teenager, you you knew who and what you were, which is an right. actor and performer, entertainer. You right. knew that, right. but your mother said maybe not, and then you decided to be a good son and listen to her. Yeah. And then decades pass. And then in her deathbed, she says to you, don't regret the life that you live. And again, you're a good son to her by listening to her and saying, I'm going to be an actor. But it's like at that point, she's gotten to a place in her journey where she's like understanding and receptive of that of that importance and kind of granting you, even though you actually technically never needed her her approval but it's like mentally or spiritually emotionally it kind of liberated you to allow yourself to be who and what you are originally and I feel like she knew what I wanted or who I she knew who I was probably of course but um um and then I hope he didn't feel guilty about it but uh, because um I was some somewhat successful. I was able yeah. to transfer from um, Tokyo office headquarters to LA office. Yeah. So I was in a uh, working in a financial district in downtown LA. Yeah. So I was not like um com- completely failed with that business. Yeah. I had a I had a pretty um, good successful um, mm. business life, but yes. um, probably she didn't. She probably she missed the the joy that I bring to home whenever I perform. Yes. yes. And um, I think that's what um, she missed, missed, missed me about probably. But even think about like the bigger spirit that was pushing you 
it it you didn't transfer from Tokyo to New York or Tokyo to Chicago or Tokyo to Boston or Tokyo to Dallas, Texas. It transferred you to L.A. Right. There's a bigger force behind you that's sending you to where you want to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I one time I had an interesting conversation. I, I had a um, chance to meet uh, this Japanese guy. He was working in um, um, entertainment world. I forgot yeah. what he does. He's a post um, post pre-production something. Okay. Uh, and um, I mean, he said, uh, you know, just um, though it's um, it's kind of funny that uh, you're not working in entertainment while you live in LA. Because this is the entertainment capital of the world. Yes. Why won't, aren't you in the business world? Yeah. And said, so I said, um, but this is also a hot real estate world too. So I was in the real estate. So um, I told him, um, yeah, I'm doing the different route, taking different route road than you are, but um, I am in somewhat in a capital of something too. Because a lot of Asians are buying, um, buying, selling real estate in in LA, um, Japanese, Korean, um, Chinese. We yeah. we all do have a lot of uh, real estate power yes. here in LA. Mm -hmm. So um, so I'm not completely um, tragedy or sad case in terms yeah. of uh, where I was where I was in business. But for sure, that sentence kind of stuck in my head somewhere. Yeah, that was um. Um, but I didn't think about that until I I answered my mother's last wish. Yeah. And then when I said I, I become an actor, and then I remember the guy, what he told me, like a yeah. ten years or fifteen years prior to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a that was a spirit push again. Right. It's like we always get that push all the time in life daily we get it daily we right. just miss it or we choose right. to ignore it or we're right. too afraid to look at it right but it's always there right and and once we relax into it and feel more at peace that's when we're right. like oh yeah remember that oh yeah remember that right right it's a nice thing and it's um interesting right it is. I love it. I love it right. all the time, you know, and I see it all the time. Actually, I had a dream last night, maybe because we were talking about spirit animals. Um, so last night I dreamt that there was a, a really there's a K-pop star from the 90s named Um Jung Ha. And she's older now. She's in her 50s now. But she was dancing next to a K-pop star who's very hot right now called IU. So it's Um Jung Ha, this old diva and present diva they were dancing together but IU the younger diva had a baby elephant on stage with her and this baby elephant looked so scared and like mm. shy and embarrassed like it didn't want to be on stage right so the baby elephant started to run away and then the stage you know in the back it moves so the elephant was on the stage and the stage was moving but it was moving to the back like really fast and then it hit the wall and then mm. the elephant fell to the floor oh, no. and then this big weight like fell on the head. And I was like, oh, my God, oh. this poor thing. And then Um Jung Ha and the IU chick, they ran to the elephant. They were like, oh, my God, are you OK? And the elephant was still moving, but it, it looked so scared and pitiful and vulnerable mm, and mm. shy and sad. Yeah, but that was the dream I had yesterday. <laughs> And that, that baby elephant was a clown in that <laughs> place because uh, 
by running away, she or he controlled that uh, environment completely. Ah. She became the star of the scene. Not attract attention. Exactly. Not old um, uh, diva, young diva. No. Uh, baby elephants control the room and the air. That's a clown. That's so funny. It doesn't have to be funny all the time. Clowns yeah. have to be truthful to what, who you are. That's oh. the clown. So, I love that. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's a little different from the party clowns <laughs> or, or American scary clowns. It's yeah. different type of yeah, yeah. clowns because uh, nothing scary about my clowning. Yeah, tell me more about your clown. Like, I know there are these archetypes of clowns. Like, there's the white clown, and then there's the mime, and then there's the sad clown. What is who and what is your clown? I'm a, a sad infant clown. Oh, that's what uh, Paul, uh, my my master told me. Yeah, I'm a sad infant clown. Yeah, I see it. <laughs> yeah, you look like know. a sad infant. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly yeah. what you look like. Yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, I kind of dig it. It's you know? amazing. Yeah, um, nothing scary ab- ab- about me. I'm not intimidating person in the first place. No, and um, I'm you know I'm small, I'm short, and yeah. um, so um, and then when uh, I'm training on um, clowning, I was truthful to myself, and then probably she saw <clears throat> sadness through my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a like there's this thing like, you know, in, in Hollywood, round Asians tend to be very beloved, like Bobby Lee, you know, right. round Asian people love him. There's this other comedian named Dante Chang, mm. also round, you know, beloved. It, it, there's something about roundness, like, you know, like Buddha. Like the abundance Buddha, right, 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 right. He's like round and smiling and Asian, and people love love him. They buy that Buddha all the time, right. And there's something about that quality that people just love. They Mm. feel natural love too, and I think that's what an infant is. A baby is like you just feel natural love to it because it's so round and cute. And if you add sadness to it, right, then you want to give it more love and sympathy, you know. Because you know, in a in a human uh, world, yes, if there's a different ages of people in that scene or family, yeah, who control the most infants? Yes, All the infants time. cries, and we, everybody says, "What happened? Are you okay?" Kind of stuff, right? Yeah. So that's um um how um my master. Sew me through. (laughs) I saw you perform a few times. Once was, uh, that was the first time I ever saw you. I told you about this. It was like time travel machine show or something. Like at at the clubhouse. At the clubhouse. And you were doing a very uh, unique form of improv. It was like absurdist improv or something. And Right. I used to um, uh, combine improv with um, clowning. Yeah. Um, you know, improv, they they have a fourth wall. Yeah. But my improv breaks the fourth, fourth wall, and then I'm in kind of a invading uh, the audience world. Yeah. I, I don't I don't have that wall at all. Uh, so sometimes I interact with audience. Uh huh. And sometimes uh, 
that's kind of similar to stand-up comedy though uh-huh yeah and then mm-hmm. i said i'm going back to the character mm-hmm. so I, I i do that and so nobody was doing it that way yeah um basically me and my my then comedy p- partner chad we yeah. created our own format yeah it, it was very unique. I've never seen anything like it. And it's hard to follow if you don't know all the rules of these like categories, I feel like. But I was like, this is this is weird and strange and interesting. I was mm-hmm. watching it, wondering what's going to happen next. It's like you're breaking boundaries like that and right. you're sort of keeping people on their toes. Like you're not going to be able to know where this yeah. is going to go. That's the um, attention that um, I um, asked for as a clown to audience i'm challenging the attention to audience mm. as, as a because i'm i'm openly when i'm on stage i'm yeah. a lower status than audience yeah i am and then the but the when i'm not lower status than audience mean that i'm also in charge of the room yeah because yeah. i'm because you know some people get protective of me uh-huh. Uh-huh. So that's how babies get attention from the mm-hmm. room, right? So I think I do the similar tactics as um, real real life baby in a room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I I um I have a I have a nephew. We're not blood related, but it's like one of my close friends' son, infant son. He right. was born last year, Boom. and he was just like a few months old. And I was holding him, and when he started to cry everybody's mm. like okay the baby's crying right? right 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 and then around that same time i heard a fire alarm go off right and i was like oh people designed uh ambulance fire alarm right they designed these things after a baby's cry because once it goes off everybody has to stop what they're doing right and move aside or give room like it, it's like it's the same that's why it's loud like an alarm is so horribly loud right and it's right. like make it stop i will do anything to make this sound stop and it sort of t- triggers this primal response we have as human beings it's like oh when a baby's crying like that we have to make that cry stop like what what does it need you know it's right. not like this angry response it's more like uh we have to be careful right now cautious and right. give it what it needs. Right. Same mechanism, right? Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. Around um, uh, infant babies crying as well as uh, ambulance um, yeah. siren. It's the same mechanism. Yeah. 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 And because, triggered... they, because they are the, both of them are lower status than uh, us currently. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Because right. whatever, whatever uh, we as adult human beings are doing, that feels like the most important thing. And it's like, how do we disrupt that? Bring a baby or bring, know, a, bring a fire alarm. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. That'll yep. end it all. Yeah. Fascinating. That's true. Fascinating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I never thought I, I never thought about ambulance or um police, but it, it is true. It is true. It is it's true. Like, it's so loud here. So loud. And there's like a rule. Like when you hear that sound and you see those those horrible flashy lights you have to move your vehicle aside so that they can go through right everybody has to stop stop yeah and that's a good rule too though it is a good rule but it's interesting how they modeled it after an infant crying (laughs) yeah it is i don't know they did that or not but uh the the similar really to one another 
I'm pretty sure they did. If they did yeah. it, it was subconsciously done. Okay. Yeah. Do you uh, do you write your own material or do you just are you only a performer? Um, I'm not a writer, but I do write um, my short pieces of mm. um, clowning pieces. Oh, what does um, that mean? Mean that I do um, bit uh, as a, as a clown. So you write and it out what you're gonna do. Usually, I don't have to write it out. I just uh, perform it and then find out through improv. I see. Okay. I, I have basic um, backbone of uh, the performance. Yes. Uh, basically, uh, I'm gonna connect dots while yeah. I'm improvising, performing. Yeah. Um, not completely improv because I'm a predetermined in certain things. Mm. Like I, I'm gonna be who I am, who I'm. I'm going to be. because if it's improv, it's completely undecided up to, until you get on the stage, right? Yes. But um, but um, when um, this character, um, I am um. Um, ghetto, um, non-ethnicity um, girl. Mm-hmm. I have that, and I have a clothes, mm-hmm. and then get on the stage, and then I have a big basic uh, structure where mm-hmm. I'm, where I'm at, where I'm going. Yeah. But it, between that, I have nothing. Uh. So while I'm uh, on stage, and feeling the audience temperature, and then I decide what to do. And then yeah. after the show, I'm gonna write down what I did. Yeah. And then from there, I I'll go next place and then perform and then I I I um do the little bit of alteration here and there. Yeah. Because it because of um different demographic of audience, uh-huh. it's a different result. Uh-huh. Some people don't quite um appreciative of what I do, but some people do. It's um, a lot of um. Um, ethnic um, gags or appreciated by more uh, people of color than white people. For sure. But um, but um, um, but most of audience are white people here and there, like um, in the comedy scene. So mm-hmm. uh, I gotta, um, yeah. So yeah. Are you gonna? Do you have like a one man show or something that you want to tour? I was going to do it, um, um, building little by little. Yeah. But. Um, I kind of gave up on that particular thing. I spent a lot of money on the props and then, um, but I was too much into my, like, like tragedy of my ah. life. And then it was a, too self-indulging. I see. And then if I show it to my master, she will say, Juzo, what are you doing? Yeah. You are self-indulging and nobody cares what, yeah. what you, are, you are crying about. And, so it, um, it need, you need more distance from it then. Right. So right before pa- pandemic, I start doubting because uh, my musical partner, yeah. he dropped out. I see. And then probably he saw, he didn't, he, when he signed on to it, he yeah. is, was expecting some magic is happening Yeah. with me yeah. and him, but then um, never happened. And, um, and um, probably he thought, that is not a good place for him to uh, donate his time yeah, and talent yeah. to it. So he left. And after he left, and uh, I kind of realized that that was, um, and nobody was praising my piece either. Mm. So, um, yeah, I, but pandemic happened uh, perfect timing for me to stop. 
So I have a lot of um, props, but I'm not going to go back to the piece because it's just a sad piece. You know, I yeah, it, well, I think what I think I, I totally understand what you mean, because uh, I think there are there is a arc to all projects, right? There's the right. blood part. It's like, look at my blood. Liz, all right. the blood. Oh, it's sad right. tears right. and shit. But it's like you, as you say, people don't want to look at blood, tears, and shit. They want to the look. Time. They want to look at a nice packaged product. Right. That's what they want to look at. They want to look at nice clothes, nice boots, a cute cat. They want to see something that is developed, recognizable as a beautiful thing. And it takes time to get to that because you're like, my blood and shit is not that thing. But eventually, it can become that thing. I saw um, Teruko Nakajima's one-woman show at the mm. Hollywood Fringe. And I love her. I love her. Her show. I love her. Her show was that. So if you take the first two-thirds of it, it's blood, tears, shit. The final act was so profoundly cathartic with this big uplift, like the big, the spirit energy, like here is the answer. Here is the reason why. Here is how it all came to be. Look at this beautiful thing. This pink eyeglasses with the dog and the pink and the red. Look at it. And it's like, oh, that cathartic part made the whole journey of the blood, tears, and shit worthy. And it was like, I understand why I had to walk through that mud. So I think maybe your piece it's in that tragedy state but over time you'll see like where it needs to get to you know yeah because i knew what ending should be uh -huh. i want to i want to give myself and audience um optimism yes without merit yeah yeah and yeah. um i was going there but the, on the way to get there yeah. i was dwelling too much on the tragedy part yeah. And, yeah. you know, I think when you are creating solo sh for an hour solo show, yeah, I think you should go through it, not <laughs> just a piece by piece. Yeah. That's, that was my mistake. I shouldn't yeah. have done piece by piece because uh, when you look at the piece by piece, two third of um, three third of um, three fourth of um, um, tragedy, you yeah. think that, that that's all I, I'm, I'm asking for is the yeah. to get a, a cry out of you. Uh huh. Yeah. And, um, and that was a big learning experience. So next time I'm going to develop some one-man show I, when I'm inspired. Um, yeah, I'm going to rehearse in front of audience yeah. throughout the um, entire show, not piece by piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Totally. That was a learning experience. Each thing can be its own chapter, its own yeah. arc, its own little yeah. journey. I love I, that. I love I, I love Teruko too. She's, she's great. She's really yeah, she, great. She's great, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And her show was really amazing. I was like yeah. so... I missed her show. It's still playing right now, this month. Oh, she is? This whole month. She got 10 more shows this month because her show was so su successful. They, they, The Complex Theater gave her more dates. So you can still go and see it. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, it is it. so good. Hers and also um, Natasha Mercado's one-woman show, Tree. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. It also has more dates this month. And Natasha's show was also amazing uh, yeah i went to see natasha natasha show show yeah yeah, yeah. It, was, it was really good so lovely yeah it was very her very her so lovely yeah yeah okay 
so I, I I do this at the end of all of my podcasts. I take mm-hmm. one Korean drama and then I ask my guest questions about the show. Like, what would you do if you were in this situation as this person? And you just improvise whatever answer that you want. Okay. So it's a, it's a supposed to be a fun little game. All right. You ready? Yeah. Okay. So the show I'm going to talk about today is called Oh My Baby. Uh, let's say you're a 39-year-old woman named Hari. And you really want to be married and you really want to have a baby. But for whatever reason, that never happened. And now mm. you're almost 40. And you've been in a relationship. The last one, it was 10 years ago. And mm. you haven't been in a relationship since. And you feel stuck. What do you do? Oh, wow. You're asking me a question. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Okay, what what would I do? Yeah, if you uh, were her. Adoption. Adoption. Okay. Do I have to have a physical baby myself? That's the main thing. I mean, I guess not, but adoption is a good idea. Okay, you could do that. So that's or, on the horizon. Or I'm just going to go through all those um, um, apps. Mm. Like, um, what what's called that? Dating apps? Dating apps, dating apps. I'm going to go, or I'm going to go back to all the relationship I had <laughs> since, I was, since I was in junior high school. Okay. I'm going to review my, my man from childhood <laughs> to adult and assess what went wrong with, with him. So okay. I'm going to, dating app, at, at the same time, I'm going to go through my own file. Oh, wow. From, Two things. Yeah. yeah, from from junior high, high school, college, or non-college <laughs> at work. Or, so I'm gonna go through each one of them. Wow. Even it doesn't matter whether he is married or not. I yeah. just have to see them once. Gotta then, see it. And then review and in and, 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 and analyze myself. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Intense yeah. stuff. I love it. Okay. All right. Let's say you're the same woman. You're Hadi again. All right. You go to the doctor because you have like some uh, menstrual cramps, like severe menstrual cramps. Mm -hmm. And the doctor says to you that you have to have ovarian surgery. But after you have that surgery, you will not be able to conceive a child anymore. And she also says that because you're 39 years old, the odds of you getting pregnant are very low. Right. But your dream since childhood was to one day become a mother. That's something you really wanted. What do you do? Um, how long, how much time do you have for surgery? Like one year. Mm. I'm going to go back to the biggest lab of my life and then ask for sperm. Okay. Very simple. (laughs) Um, more complex. No, no, that's okay. I like it. Um, Go to the biggest love of your life and ask for his sperm. Okay. Yeah. Just in a cup or do you have to fuck him? Either way, whichever the economical. <laughs> okay. Economy talks, you know? Yeah, 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 it does. It always talks. So, it, yeah. um, so biggest lab or best lab of my entire life and then ask for sperm. Okay, I like yeah. that. Fine. All right, let's say you're Hari again. You're the same woman. Okay. You go online, you go on Craigslist or whatever, and you find a strange man online. He offers to be a sperm donor to you but he says that his sperm costs ten thousand dollars and he offers to inseminate the sperm naturally 
All right. Okay. Not, a, not in a cup. He wants to right. bone you. He's a total stranger. But then suddenly while you're at this cafe talking to this man, the police arrive and mm. the police arrest him for selling sperm illegally online. And the police arrest you for buying sperm illegally online. What do you do? Is it illegal to buy sperm online? I think so in South I know, Korea. Because I know he's um doing illegal stuff. Because basically he's a um, prostitute, right? I guess. I don't know. Oh, yeah, because I'm I am part of the prostitution business. You're buying, yeah. No. <laughs> then I'm gonna I'm gonna have a relationship with the police who are arresting <laughs> me. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck him so hard. He'll forget that he has to arrest me. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna give her, give him the best orgasm he ever experienced. <laughs> yeah, that with, a, with a 39 years of uh, technique, will be only focused on to just um, give him the pleasure of his life. I love that. Okay, good, very good. So good that you delete his memory. I love that. Oh wow! <laughs> because <laughs> because the pleasure, the orgasm pleasure, took over, and so. Past um, memory <laughs> doesn't count anymore. It's gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. love that. Uh, it, got to be, it was the best fuck he yeah, ever yeah. had in his life. His history is rewritten because of your fucking. Exactly. Yes. Because she would say, you can change the past, but you can't change the future. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Let's say. Let's that's, say a that's a quote of the day. I like I like that quote. Let's tattoo it on our butts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's say you're Hadi again. You're the yeah. woman. All right. You work at a magazine called The Baby, and mm -hmm. you're the assistant editor at this subscription company. Wow. But because of the news of your you doing this illegal transaction with the sperm, your face is all over the news. It's all over the internet. Everybody's angry with you for being this baby crazed woman who wants to buy sperm illegally online. Mm -hmm. Like everybody's cursing you. And uh, two women come to you and shame you. They're like, how dare you try to buy sperm online? And why are you so selfish? You only think about you wanting a baby. Why don't you think about that baby not having a father? What's wrong with you? They say mm. this in front of all of your colleagues. What do you do? Well, that's a tough one. Oh. Oh, what do I do? Yeah. Um, because before I thought I have to escape and then I'm going to just have plastic surgery, right? <laughs> but this... This case, you can't have plastic surgery because it's talk about bigger thing. Mm. Mm. Sex change. Oh, wow. Wow. Now, yeah, sex change. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because I'm also um, non-binary. So, oh, um, okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. And then I'm going to fuck those two women. <laughs> Good. Perfect. I love that. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. Let's I just say, I just oh. learned the non-binary definitions that I just wanted to use. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a good one to know. It's very right? useful. Yes. I, yes. I, I've heard about it for quite some time for the last mm. three, four years, but I didn't really know that meaning of it. Oh, OK. Yeah, it's a good one. Because good the one, Jap one of the Japanese um, entertainers came out as non-binary and I have oh. to look into it. Yeah. Fascinating. 
right? That's a, that's a big step for that entertainer to take in Japan. Yeah, but she's a well-known singer, so she also writes her own material. So ah. she really, she doesn't really care. Probably okay. she, you, you might know her, but okay. Kind of has an independent sort of. Right, 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 oh, right. Very good. Okay. She's a, she was a, raised in America, so she's ah. very, I mean, she's very Americanized and got independent, it. independent woman. Got it. Got it. Or man, I don't know what what to say. You then. call them they them. Oh, they them. Okay. Mm. Why is the plural? Because uh, you know how in Korean and Japanese and Chinese they don't have right. she, her, her. They don't have right. pronouns. But in right. English there are gendered pronouns, and right. if you say they them, it's yeah. not gendered. It is plural, but it's not gendered. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, now I got it. Thank you so much. Okay, I was, I was wondering about that. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. Oh, God, I learned something. Yes, yes. Okay. Two more. You're you're okay. doing great. You're doing great. Two more questions. All right. Let's okay. say you're you're Hottie again. You're that same okay. woman. All right. Okay. There's a childhood friend of yours named Che Young, and he recently got a divorce, and he has an infant daughter, and he is now living at your mom's house as a tenant. Okay. Mm-hmm. When he got married to his wife, he stopped talking to you because his wife was jealous of you. But now. Uh. But now he's living in your mom's house. He has this baby daughter and he says he likes you and wants to marry you. What do you do? Do we do we have a relationship before? You were always friends. OK, I'm going to I'm going to. OK, I give him a um, choice oh. to be my sex slave uh-huh. <laughs> or. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's so good. Yeah, sex slave. I'm gonna marry him, but uh, I'm gonna have a contract agreement with him that uh, he's gonna serve me. Oh, or orally every day. <laughs> oh my God. Uh-huh. And um, the baby shouldn't know about that. Oh, of course not. And then I'm going to be her mama. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, very so, good. Yeah. So that'll even things out. Yeah, but that that guy has to uh, pleasure me oral every day. Every day. Yeah. Till the day he dies. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay, yeah. that's a all right. That's fair. You know, he did. Right? Ab- he did abandon you. You were best friends. He did abandon, abandon me, and also now invading my family. Yeah, he's in your house. Yeah, right. that's a lot. Yeah. Okay. Very good. So oral sex shouldn't be that much. Yeah, it's very small token for yeah. such a big thing that he did. Yeah, right. and okay. yeah, and I've I read a, an article that um, a lot of um, ladies don't get enough of oral stuff in, <laughs> in America. So, <laughs> so I thought, okay, let me be a little bit Americanized here. Okay, very good. All yeah. right, final, final question. Let's say you're the same woman, you're Hattie again, all right? Yeah. You start dating a very handsome, tall photographer man. His name is mm. Yisang. Okay. You guys mm. love each other. You love each other. But Yisang has a secret. He does not have enough sperm to inseminate a woman. All right. He cannot, you cannot conceive with his sperm. Uh, That's his tragedy. But you love each other. He says he loves you, but he cannot provide a child for you. What do you do? I um, still make love to him every day. <laughs> but um, I get uh, sperm donation. Oh, okay. Yeah, and to uh, satisfy my my cravings for having a baby. Okay. If, but if he has a brother, I, I, I will <laughs> go with it. Or or if he has a daddy, 
so that uh, stay within uh, DNA would stay in the family, right? <laughs> Holy so, shit! So yeah. I would I would fuck father or brother. Oh, but if there is no father or brother, Hari will ask for sperm donation similar to my husband. They have to look identical. Yeah, and okay. they have similar similar intelligence, similar profession, <laughs> a little bit better than him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a slightly better quality. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Amazing. Amazing answers. Thank you so much, Jusa. This is amazing. I'm, I'm so bad. I'm so inappropriate. No, it was amazing. Perfect answers. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for this. This is funny. Yeah. What you're doing, Grace. Yeah. <laughs> this is funny podcast. Thank I you. I love it. I'm- <laughs>